ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I thank you for being uh, supporters here and for listening in. And I'm very, very excited about my interview today with somebody very special. His name is Jordan Adler, and I'm just going to say hi first, Jordan. Hi, Janice. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. And um, I just want people to know that Jordan is probably one of my favorite mentors and one of the walking, talking um, examples of how relationship marketing works, how building relationships and keeping those relationships in business and in life make your life more fulfilled and bring you more joy as well as more business. So normally I would start by uh, giving you Jordan's bio, which he has sent me and I could read to you, but instead I'm gonna start a different way and I'm gonna make sure that um, that Jordan's uh, uh, bio gets dealt with, but I'm gonna ask him a question to start with and I think he'll know why. Jordan, what's your story? <laughs> I did a training last night. And that was the first question, right? Yes. What do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Everyone has a story. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was such a perfect way to start this because tell me. Yeah, so much it's listening. so funny because last night I did a training. Apparently, you listened to it. I did. And it started with um, just a three, just a, a couple of simple questions that you can ask somebody, the first one being what's your story, and people will always say when you ask that question, what do you mean? <laughs> Especially if you don't know them that well, and then right. you just, when they say what do you mean, you say everybody has a story. So what's your story, Jordan? Wow, well, <laughs> I am like, I live my life uh, to the fullest, yes, and I do. try my best to inspire other people to do the same thing. So I look for dreams, I look for dreams that I don't believe are achievable for me. And I write them down. And especially if they get me excited, even though I don't believe they're possible, because almost all the dreams that I've achieved in my life, uh, when I look back, I did not believe they were possible when I wrote them down. And then, what it, and then when, you, when you send light out into the world on a daily basis and you stay focused on your dreams, your subconscious mind just works miracles and brings you the things that, that are important to you. So, and my story is uh, I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago and moved out to uh, Arizona with a degree in landscape architecture and got little draftsman jobs paying me ten dollars to $20,000 a year. Changed careers, went into the airline industry, but all the time I was, a, I was an entrepreneur. I just, I was wired as an entrepreneur. Whoever knows, who knows why? Mm -hmm. Just like many of you, you're all entrepreneurs and business owners. You don't really know all the time why you ended up where you ended up, but I was wired that way. And so I was constantly pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors and every single thing I got involved in, I failed at for <laughs> 11 years. I'm not, I'm not joking. Like, I know. I, I've heard your story. Zero, many times. zero, zero success over a period of 
10, 11 years. Um, and then I finally got wired into it. Like I finally figured it out. A lot of it had to do with, it's, it's simple things, but a lot of it had to do with the books <laughs> I was reading and the audio tapes. At that time it was tapes. Yep. Today, audios, you know, online audios, but back then it was audio tapes and then eventually downloadable things. But just from aligning myself with similar thinking, other people that I didn't have the skill set or the mindset really to be an entrepreneur, but I did have the desire. I, de I definitely wanted to control my own destiny. I wanted to have an unlimited income potential. I wanted to be able to travel the world. I wanted to be able to have really cool places all over the world that I could travel to and enjoy with friends and family. And that is, when I look back, the last 30 years are surreal. Like I look at my life today and I couldn't even have imagined it when I was in my 20s. Well, Jordan, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, I've heard your story many times. And as I said, I could read it from here, but I just, I had to do that. I, I was lying in bed thinking, That's hilarious. what am I That's going great. to say? What am I going to say? That was it. I, when I listened to your call last night. So I, I will fill in a few blanks because I want to get to today. And I know that over the past 20 plus years, you've become one of the top networkers in the world. And have earned over an excess of over $22 million. You have been on stages all around the world and you do inspire people, whether you're doing it on our Monday night um, training call for the company that we're both affiliated with, send out cards, or whether you're doing it on um, uh, uh, networking uh, GoPro with Eric Warre, or you're doing it across the world some, for some other network um, Train, network marketing trainer. You've written two books that I know of. I, have you written any others? No. Actually, I've got right now four additional books in the works. One of them is going to be launching any day. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and what I love about Jordan that I do want to share is that Jordan is a giver. There's no question Jordan is a giver. And uh, his first or his book, Beach Money, um, which is wow you have the vintage you yes, know that's it's been through three ritter, it, three iterations and that's the first version oh well there you go so i've had it a long <laughs> time i probably have another one as well somewhere but um that book i think is very special because you give all the proceeds from that book to kiva correct right kiva.org it's a biz it's a an organization that funds microloans for entrepreneurs in third world countries all over the world and we've helped thousands of entrepreneurs start businesses all over the world, South America, Africa, China, uh, Europe, um, in the, some of the, you know, maybe more impoverished parts of the world where they need $100 or $200 or $1,000 to start a business. And then they, we loan them the money and then they, they start their business. And from the revenues that they make, they pay the loans back. And that so pays it forward, right? Recycling that money. Yeah. So we lent, uh, gosh, probably a half a million dollars um, into that, into the Kiva.org organization to help entrepreneurs start businesses all over the world. That's so wonderful. It really is. And then I just, on Sunday, no, Monday, Monday was a holiday here in Canada. I just reread Better Than Beach Money because there's so many stories in that book. They're just great stories. And I, I, um, I was reminded when I read it about a story I was going to ask you, like, you know, um, when did you make that shift? When did you think, oh my God, I wasn't getting it, now I'm getting it. But one of the stories that, that came from here that reminded me was the one where you, um, 
oh, and I forget the name. Um, it was when you were, uh, you met John. Um, oh, John Dawson. John Dawson. Can you? Yeah, I, was 20, I was 20 or 21 years old. Yeah. And I got a job interview. I, I was, you know, like I had a little motorcycle that I bought for 200 bucks and I drove in the sculpts, uh, the, the scorching heat <laughs> in Arizona uh, from my little apartment, you know, with roommates to the Scottsdale Plaza Resort, which was a big, beautiful resort on Scottsdale Road for a job interview for a, for a, um, a bell, bellhop or whatever you call it. Ballet, yeah. not yeah. ballet. Yeah, no, bell Bellman, Bellman. Bellman, Bellman, thank you. Yeah, and so I went in there, and somehow, I don't remember how, but I ended up in the owner's office, and I was sitting in a chair across from him in his big leather chair with a big bookcase behind him and a large, solid oak desk. And I, I just remember thinking to myself, this guy's obviously pretty wealthy. And I asked him, I said, what, what book inspired you more than any other book in your career to become successful. And he told me Think and Grow Rich and he mm -hmm. swiveled his chair around and grabbed a copy of Think and Grow Rich off his bookshelf and handed it to me and I thumbed through it and then I handed it back. And he said, no, 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 I want you to keep it. And so I kept the book and I've probably read it. I still have it. The pages are yellow. I've probably read it five times in my life. Yeah. And a number of years later, like I'm talking 25 years later, 27 years later, I was on a stage speaking at the Scottsdale Plaza Resort and it dawned on me that was the same resort that I'd met John and I remembered his name, John Dawson. And so from the stage, I told the story that I just told you about mm -hmm. how the owner of this resort that I'm speaking at handed me this book. And then afterwards, that was on a Friday night, a, a woman walked over to me and she goes, uh, what are you doing for lunch tomorrow? And I'm like, I don't have any plans. And she said, can, can we spend a few minutes at lunch? And I said, sure. And so the next day at lunch on Saturday, we had the event all day. And uh, this was a send out cards event. And she came over and she said, follow me. Now, this is 27 years after I met John. And I was 21 years old at the time. She said, follow me. And I walked with her. We walked out to the pool. And you'll <clears throat> never believe who was sitting at the pool, John Dawson. I know this. And he was in his 80s. And I got, to sit, I got an opportunity to sit with him and chat with him and thank him for giving me that book when I was 21 years old. 27 years ago. He didn't that remember. Super did cool. And you want to hear something else that's crazy? About a year ago, I was with a wo another woman and we were talking and she worked in a, an, uh, a retirement old, old, old folks home, whatever they, what do they call them today? Seniors. Seniors yeah, living senior. home. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she told me that John, that she, John was one of her, um, uh, patients or residents, residents there, residents. Yeah, patients, yeah. residents, and he had just recently passed away. Oh, so wow. probably would have been uh, about a year ago. So it, it was probably six years after I met him at the pool. What is, so it full circled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so cool. Yeah. I thought that was a great story. I jotted down a couple of things that I, from your book that I was, when I was rereading it about the importance of follow-up and I think follow-up, or my, yeah, I think it was from reading your book. And the importance of follow-up um, in terms of building and nurturing relationships, because there's so many things that you can do. It might have been from one of your calls. I don't know, because yeah. I hear, I listen to you all the time. And, and you know, I've heard some of your stories more than once. And, and 
they have to sink in anyway. So, you know, you need to hear them more than once. And I tell the same stories over and over again. And so. that's okay. Actually, yeah. that's okay. Because until you get a new one, right? And then you add it to the, to the right. repertoire. Right. Um, but I think the reason I know where I got this, I was watching a YouTube video of you on stage and I'm going to be doing um, a summit online and I have to talk about follow-up. And so I think I was listening to you talking about this. And one of the things that I love about how you present is you're so good at telling stories and you always have stories. And I don't know, I don't remember my stories the same way. How do you remember them? Do they have to be like out there bigger than life? Well, not necessarily. I, I would venture to guess that you probably would remember your stories if I asked you a few questions. Mm. You'd probably, and you know, the story, they don't have to be fantastic stories, but they usually have a lesson. Yes. You know, like if I asked you, you know, what are the three biggest lessons that you've learned in your life? And then I asked you for each lesson, where did you learn it? There you've got your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Good point. So. Okay. So I jotted some things down and, and one of the things that you said was, which is, what we're all about stay in touch in a in a meaningful way yeah and you do that so well so it prompted me to think um do you how how do you begin relationships normally is it is it um like well, everybody, okay go ahead yeah partly it's, it's very similar to the way you opened this interview um i usually am very inquisitive and very curious and very interested not superficially but right like, like I, I my focus is on becoming friends first and you can usually determine within a few minutes a couple of minutes whether you really like the person or not right whether it's somebody you want to invite into your circle right or not and if you if you realize that it's not somebody that you really want to be close to then you, you obviously your questions become less Deep, But if it's somebody that you like or somebody that you like to get to know better, um, asking questions and really listening to their answers and then digging a little deeper and really getting to know them. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when you ask people questions, they start asking questions back and that's where you begin to know them. Mm -hmm. And then staying in touch in a meaningful way means looking for ways to add some, something to their life that'll make their life a little better. It could be a gift. I like giving gifts. Mm -hmm. I think that is a powerful thing, but not just any gift. I think like things like a $5 Starbucks card are great. And those are, that's powerful and it leaves a meaningful impact, but really looking at what is their life about? What do they like? What are they interested in? And I'll give you a couple of examples. So our CEO, uh, Greg Breyers, um, he always on stage talks about turning wrenches. He's always talking about, turning wrenches that are going to make our company better. So I went online and I wondered if I could find a customized wrench, like a way that I could engrave a wrench. I saw it. Was not, just a, not just a little wrench, but a big <laughs> wrench, like a, three or, like a three or four foot wrench, something that he could hang on his wall, the kind that he walked on stage with. Yes, right? yes, wrench. absolutely. And it was really hard to find. And I only found one company to, that did it. And it was this guy that, he actually, what he does is he takes styrofoam and he turns it into wrenches that look, they look like metal. Oh, and then they're not as heavy. Brilliant. Right? Not as heavy. Yeah. And, and he has them customized with their name or with the company name or whatever. And so I had a big three foot wrench uh, customized that said Greg's wrench. 
So that's meaningful. You know, it's something that he will look on the wall every time he sees it, he'll think of me. Uh, Eric and Marina Ware, who have one of the largest networks in the world, they've got 2 million followers on Facebook and um, they own a private jet. Mm-hmm. So I found out the tail number on their private jet. I've been on it. I've, I've never flown on it. Actually, you know what? No, I've never flown on their private jet, but I have been on it mm-hmm. uh, while it was parked in the, hang- the hangar. But I got their tail number and I found a company that makes these etched, beautiful, big framed things that, and I had them etch a, the exact uh, um, outline of, the, of that specific jet with the tail number on it. And, uh, you know, it was, it's actually a company that does this with private jets. They, they put private jets on this etched uh, marble and then they put the tail number on there for you. And so they hang that on their wall. So, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. It could be something tiny, you know, but something, something that's going to really make them go, you know what? It's more than this guy really cares about me. It's not just about, it's not just about something that he's trying to get from me. It's definitely your heartfelt person. Yeah, I do. I try and do that with people. Um, it, you can't do it with everybody because you know I've got, I've got five thousand contacts in my contact manager, people that I've stayed in touch with. But you can't do that for everybody. But there's certain individuals that you really want to develop that deeper relationship with. So that's just an example. But I think if I were to distill it down, it really comes down to being curious, being interested, and showing that you care in a meaningful way. Totally. Um, I always like to ask some, you know, I don't have to ask you this because I already know we just talked about it, but I always ask people what curiosity, the word curiosity means to them. Um, Because for me, it was like, um, I feel that I'm, I'm able to get to the heart of what someone's about very quickly when I first meet them. And that's, I think that's an art, but it some, is. you know, some people say it's, you can learn it, but I think you have to feel comfortable being that incur- that curious or that inquisitive yeah. to, to make it work. But um, did you ever read a book by um, Brian Grazer called um, a curious mind? I've not heard of that book. You haven't? You know who no, Brian Grazer is, right? I don't. Yes, you do. Brian Grazer was a, uh, is the other partner in Imagine Entertainment with Ron oh, Howard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, see, I knew you knew. Um, so it's not that hard a book to read, but it's all about curiosity and how he started. It's his story, but it talks about the interview. You'd enjoy it, actually, because of the interviews that he talks that he. Uh, I wrote it. I wrote it down. Yeah, it's really, really good. He's written another one just that I got a little while ago, but I haven't read it yet. It's too busy. Anyway, um, uh, so on that note about you thinking about um, how to make an impact and how to show you care for what people have done for you and for the fact that you have a relationship. I know that you were recently and very proud of it and very excited that you were on Necker Island with uh, Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson. And uh, part of that, and you can share with my audience why, like what that has to do with, even though it's part of one of your dreams. And then I want you to tell me, what have you sent him or what are you thinking of sending him? (laughs) Have you come up with that yet? Yeah. You know, I actually have thought about that um, quite a lot. Uh, And I have sent him things, but not, but, and I haven't, I'm not expecting acknowledgement back. It's not what I do No, no, no. I I get it. But I am fairly confident because I even asked the question when I was there, uh, if 
things get mailed to Necker, uh, do, do they get there? Do they get there? Because it's a it's an island in the British Virgin Islands. And you live there though, full time. Yeah, that's his full-time residence. Oh, so you okay. could probably put Richard Branson and yeah. then Nectar Island. <laughs> no, we get there. Because he, that's the only, I mean, he's got, he's got to get mail. And I'm sure there's people that look at his mail. And he knows me now. Like, yes. um, so the first time I met him uh, was, well, well, let me go back. I, I was at the Marriott in Salt Lake City for an event. And I went downstairs at 6 a.m. to get a Starbucks. There's a Starbucks in the Marriott. I'm very and, familiar with it. Yeah. yeah. And um, a woman came down right at, I was, she was the only one that was there, there when I was there. And she came over, her name was Carolyn Ferguson and she knew me, but I didn't know her. And I asked her what she did. And she said she was a travel agent. And I know coming from the travel business that travel agencies are hurting, hurting right now. Mm -hmm. You know, very few travel agents are making any money at all. And I asked her, how's it going? And she said, it's going great. And I was really surprised. And I go, what do you do? She goes, I book space and I go space and I'm thinking space on, in a hotel room, space on, on cruise ships. And she goes, no space. And she points up and she's, she points up to the sky and she goes, I'm selling tickets on Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic civilian space program. And the tickets are a quarter million. And she said, I just sold, she just sold four of them. So a million dollars worth of travel in one year selling four tickets. And I'm like, wow. And I expressed a little inquisitiveness about it not telling her that I had written down a goal when I was 47 years old, uh, that I wanted to be a space traveler. I'd written that down into a journal. I actually found the journal where it was written down. And um, they contacted me a month later and said, Virgin Galactic's gonna be in Vegas. Would you like to meet with them? And I said, sure. And this was before, this, was, this is back when it was still in concept. They hadn't built any spaceships yet. And she showed me all the brochures and it was a different woman, not Carolyn. It was a woman named Rose who works with Richard Branson and in England and she showed me the brochures and she said, you know, we're, we're going to be sending civilians up in a few years. Uh, you'll get to experience weightlessness. You'll get to travel three times the speed of sound, 3,400 miles per hour. Oh my God. Uh, you'll, you'll get to see the curve of the earth and be part of history because this is the precursor to, um, to intergalactic civilian space travel, you know, orbital space travel. It's, it's a, it's a historic thing. And so, it was a quarter million dollars. And so on my 57th birthday, 10 years after I wrote down the goal, I, I wired my money and I became, uh, I got on the list to be able to be a civilian space traveler. Well, since then, I, I, was, I was backstage at a, a big event with about, I don't remember how many, 9,000 people, something like that. Richard Branson was one of the speakers and he was in and out. He didn't really have time to meet anybody, but because I was a Virgin Galactic future astronaut, I was able to shake his hand and meet him. And then a month later, just, you don't know this part of the story. A month later, I was on Air New Zealand, leaving Sydney, Australia at midnight. And I was kind of dozing off. The plane hadn't taken off yet. And I opened my eyes and Richard Branson standing in front of me. This is 30 days after I met him backstage. Now in my whole life, I'd never been in his presence. And then yeah, twice, twice. In one month, twice in one month, I found myself standing within a few feet of him. So the second time he didn't remember me, but I introduced myself. And then the third time I got an invitation to Necker Island, which is his island, to be there for a week with him. And I was there for less than an hour and he came over and put his hand on my shoulder and said, uh, I remember you. And, and we talked and the next day, and we spent a whole week together on the boat. You know, uh, we were playing, um, we were uh, uh, playing chess, uh, mm -hmm. 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner, hanging out in the hot tub. And uh, yeah, it was super cool. And this happened two weeks before the quarantine. So oh, yeah, you were so lucky. Told if, if it had happened two weeks later, we, I probably wouldn't have been able to go on that trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you going to send them? Oh, <laughs> no, I don't know yet. He's yeah. tough, you know, because, you know, yes. when you, he, he, a guy like that has everything. You know, people it's not about that, right? It's not about that. Yeah, I mean, I have sent him cards. I've it sent does him make cards. it hard, for sure. And I'm fairly confident. In fact, when we talked about it, when we were together, because he sends cards. Um, he's been doing it for probably 30 years. And so as a Virgin Galactic future astronaut, I've received probably four gifts and cards from him. And so I've sent him cards and gifts as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether he's received them. I'm assuming uh-huh. he has. Okay. Um, yeah, so what did they say when, when you asked if they get to Necker Island? I did, oh, they, they, were, they, kind of, they kind of snickered. So I don't know, <laughs> they didn't say yes. I was with a small group. There were probably six people there. Okay. So I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident. Knowing his personality, I'll, I'll tell you a story. So he, he was having a meeting with all of his top executives. So there were like 15 people there, and they were all around. These are all billionaires. They're all around the table. And uh, I shouldn't say that. They're probably not all billionaires, but they all are either CEO level or investors, um, executives with his companies. And they're sitting around a table in the Great House in the British Virgin Islands, which has literally 360 degree views of the islands. Like oh it's goodness. open. Yeah. And there's a giant, huge wood uh, table that's carved out of a big tree. And they're all sitting around and the sun had gone down and a 20, I may have told this on one of my conference calls, a 21 or 22 year old kid stumbles up, up there. He's, his legs are all bloody. No, I don't, uh, maybe and, he did, but I don't remember. He may have. And, and Richard said to him, what, what are you doing here? And he said, I got on a wakeboard and I paddled here and he climbed up through the thatch and the thicket to get to this great house because it was the only way to get there from where he came in. <laughs> And he climbed through all this, so he's kind of all cut up. But he had business ideas that he wanted to pitch to Richard, and he literally broke into the place. And Richard <laughs> said, "Well, you took all that effort to get here. You'll never have a better group of people to pitch to. So go ahead." Oh, and he no. let this twenty-two-year-old kid pitch his, pitch him as ideas, and he said they were terrible ideas. So he didn't oh no, oh my goodness! He's the kind of guy that he. I mean, a lot of billionaires would have had security escort yeah. him off. He doesn't yeah. his wife told me that he doesn't even. He, he doesn't even have security. He's never used yeah, security. Interesting. Yeah. That's like, um, that always, that reminds me on, uh, well, no, I'm going to come back. At, I'd rather ask you this question. So whether you're, whether you're meeting people at that level or you're meeting, you know, um, uh, fans at uh, an event that you're speaking at, and this is the, the general audience that maybe catch you at the coffee line or they catch you in, coming out of the, the meeting. And you get- I treat everybody the same. Do you? Do you, yeah. but do you find any difference in, in responses? Do you find difference in how people, like who's well, more yeah, guarded? Would, yeah, people that, people like, people that are very successful that have, you know, uh, I, you've probably heard it said that the people that are the most successful in business are the ones that have the biggest networks. They just have large networks. People mm-hmm. that are successful in business have large networks of people. Mm-hmm. They have large networks. There's a lot of people that are vying for their time. Sure. 
So someone like Richard Branson or Eric Warre or Tony Robbins, or mm -hmm. I could name, mm -hmm. you know, many, many people like that. There's lots of people that are always trying to get to them. So right. they're, a more, they're a little more guarded. And I try not to be, but sometimes I even find myself, I'm nowhere near the, at their level, but I find myself um, guarded because there, you, a lot of times you don't know. In fact, Richard even said when I was with him, he said that the biggest challenge that he has is not running in his companies. The biggest challenge he has is the people that are constantly pitching him. And he wants to hear the ideas, but he's, he wants to hear the ideas. But at the same time, he has to be somewhat guarded because he, he, he would have no life at all. Mm -hmm. And so the, the difference is um, they're a little less open. They're a little less open, but that doesn't mean that, you know, once you've established a relationship that, and a lot of that has to do with providing value. So let me give you another example of, of offering value to people. Even it doesn't matter what level they're at in life and in business. Um, looking for ways that you can help them ideas. So I'll give you an example with Richard. We were talking about, you know, he asked me what sports I do. And I said, I'm a helicopter pilot. And he told me he was trying to convince me to get my balloon license. <laughs> well, I used to be a runner and I ran for 40 years and my knees are completely destroyed. And I've been told a number of times that I need knee surgery. And, but what I've been doing instead is getting injections about every eight months of prolozone, which is a holistic um, remedy where they had that in his, uh, in his yeah. yeah, and it helps me. And so Richard said to me, his wife has the same issues. Would I send him information on that? So that's what I emailed him information on it. And he responded back to me, thanking me. But example like that. So like if somebody, I look for ways of providing ideas, mm -hmm. brainstorming, helping people to creatively come up with ways that they can maybe uh, expand what they're doing. And I'll give you a, a real life example, recent one. Um, there's a woman in my BNI chapter that sells promotional products mm -hmm. and she laid off 30 employees in the past three weeks. Mm -hmm. She's only got 40 and she laid off 30 of them. And so that tells me that she's probably struggling right now, trying to figure out, she's trying to pivot. She's trying to figure out what can she do mm -hmm. to keep her business afloat. And she's obviously, you know, going for the government money and all that. But I gave her an idea that she's actually putting into practice. And that is everywhere I go now, I see plexiglass mm -hmm. uh, screens, right? Mm -hmm. So I go into the grocery store. I go in even to the everywhere. There's a, a plexiglass screen now, Starbucks. I went into a Starbucks this morning yeah. and got plexiglass. And I put in plexiglass in all the casinos between the- I saw that the, on the news. And the, um, and the patrons. And so I thought to myself, could she possibly- brand the plexiglass and then offer the businesses because they're all putting it in free installation and free plexiglass so i'll come in and i'll she'll, she could go in and she'll she'll give them the plexiglass and she'll install them for free and then what she can do on the back side because she's got all these people that advertise with her on promotional products she could get them to pay monthly to have their advertisement on the plexiglass mm -hmm. great idea you love that idea yeah um anybody who sells advertising could do that you know, and that's another revenue stream that didn't exist 60 days ago. Um, so by helping her, helping her come up with those ideas. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's, it's a little things. So I had a conversation this morning with um, a woman that I'd met at net, a networking event quite a couple of years ago. And she saw me on a, I did a LinkedIn 
a short presentation on a networking group last week and she saw me and she reached out and she said, hi, um, you know, that was great, blah, blah, blah. And I then said, let's have another chat. Let's catch up. And so we did this morning and she, I know she could use my help, but I hear her talking about, you know, she's got three businesses and yet I'm also hearing that she's not really making any money right now. And right. she, and I said, you know, um, uh, one of, she said something about LinkedIn and I said, you know, you don't have to be on all the platforms. You just have to be really pick where is your audience. So if she told me that for one of her businesses, they were more corporate and so on, and she speaks Spanish and they need a, an interpreter or whatever. I said, well, then be on LinkedIn for that business, but be on Facebook for the other business and then treat them that way that your audience, she said, oh, I never thought of that. She said, yeah. that's brilliant. So just sometimes take somebody else, right? To say one thing, which actually makes me think of one more question I wanna ask you. I've got a couple, but I don't wanna overstep my bounds here, but you, um, you talked about, you told this story the other night and it so speaks to, um, um, it made me think of the, uh, the girl in your BNI group is what made me think of it. It's that, um, uh, well, I, I shared something with you this uh, before we went on, on air about, about eyeglasses. Yes. And if we were in the same um, location, um, I would probably say to you, go to this guy. He was great and he knew exactly right. what I needed, but we're not. And you told, told a story that happened to you with the, um, the people that were uh, in your uh, Jerome. Uh, yes. Hideaway. Yeah. And, my home. yeah. Yes. Your home and uh, the intruder. And, uh, and when you went to get uh, alarm security, system. an yeah. alarm system, you didn't know who to call. Right. And I probably met 25 security alarm system people in my life. And I couldn't think of one. I couldn't yeah. tell the name of one. So I went on the internet and found a security alarm system. And they've been receiving, I don't know, 70 bucks a month from me now for the past as many years as I've had it, 15 years. So at that time, because this is now several years ago, that story took place. Were you in BNI then? You probably were, weren't you? I had just joined. So ah. I, really, I really wasn't involved yet. Okay, because I would imagine I probably would have found a I probably would have found a security alarm system person in BNI. Yeah, I would think so. So yeah. I was just thinking. So I, went online, I went online. It's all one one of those security alarm system people could have made a connection with me, and one of, they could have sent me a card every you know twice a year. Yeah. And when I was ready to buy an alarm system, I would have contacted them. And I think about all the hundreds of people, or maybe even thousands of people that. Uh, that security alarm system people meet along the way. And it doesn't have to be security alarm. It could be any bit. That those are lost opportunities. And you could develop a, you could put together a thousand people in a contact management system and make sure they receive something in the mail from you twice a year. And when they're ready, they're going to contact you and not somebody else. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so what, what do you say though, when, um, because I hear a lot of people in different industries that say, uh, and this happened to me today too. This guy's in the insurance business. You know, um, well, I do, I do have a system. I send out uh, cards every four months or every six months or whatever, and touch base with people. And I said, "What kind of cards do you use?" And he said, "I use. Oh, I get them printed. I've got branded cards. Right. They're, of course, they're branded with his name and his company all over the front of them. 
What do you yeah, say? Any, any communication is better than no communication. So if they receive something, that's good. But you have to ask yourself, when you receive something like that, does it go on your refrigerator or does it go into the trash can? Yeah. Okay. That's a good if, way to if, say it. Yeah. Know, if it's it, anything with an advertisement on the front or a discount coupon, yeah. typically is going to go in the trash can. Mm -hmm. But if it's personal, yeah. if it's a personal message, and you can grab today with social media, you can find pictures all over the place. Put something personal on there that will make them want to put it on their refrigerator and then put your brand on the back of the car. Exactly. So they know it came from the air conditioning guy. Yeah, but, exactly. Right. But they yeah. know it came from the air conditioning guy, but it's personal enough that they would want to save it. Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody has a drawer in their home that has, or, a, or something, a, a box where yeah. they've got photographs. And you go through and look at those photographs. And I promise you, if you go through that box, you're probably going to see photographs of children or babies. And if you look at it, you don't know whose baby it is. But you can't throw a picture of a baby away. Right. Right. Now, you, you're aging yourself, Jordan, because a lot of people today don't have boxes of cards. They just well, have their yes, phones, right? Go to your parents' box. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so um, one last thing that you mentioned, uh, you have a new book coming out. I, I noticed that you have um, a new publishing company as well. Yes. So, I launched Beach Money, Beach Money Publications. Yeah. And I'm working with, right now we've got 79 contributors to the next uh, four books. Oh, and wow. One of them is a compilation book. That's, uh, they're all people that have amazing stories from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, success stories. Mm -hmm. It's a book just full of success stories and lessons, and uh, it's called Momentum Makers. Okay. And it's a it's an incredible book. I'm really excited about it, and that'll launch um, within the next probably two weeks. Uh, it's going to be it'll be in all the major bookstores uh, online, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. also at the airports, and then it'll also be available online. But that and then we've got a book for branding. We've got a book coming out for couples. So there's a business people that couples how to how to work together as a couple to build a business. Ah, very good. Okay, that's very exciting. So lots of things going on for you. And um, how much closer are you to space travel? Well, uh, with with the current situation, it probably those probably a setback, but they are still working. They're mm -hmm. still there, and they're financially they're doing fine. Um, I suspect at this point it'll probably be two years before I go. Okay. It's been five. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still amazing. Yeah. I'm You're excited. Not, are you scared? Not scared. Maybe <laughs> I'll be a little nervous the day of. Sure. Sure. But no, I'm not scared. I've been to the space center and I've seen the spaceships and I've, I've never seen, they've, they've been uh, testing, you know, rocket testing and mm -hmm. they've actually been to space three times now in the ship without civilians. Mm -hmm. And but I have not seen one in the air yet, but I will probably within the next uh, eight months. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, this has been delightful and educational, and I hope my audience can hear the passion in your voice for um, relationships because that's what you're all about in my mind. And uh, I would just like to ask you if there's one last thing that you would like to share or leave with my audience around um, a business tip or just something that you might want to. Um, say has helped you the most in your business, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I would probably just close with by saying that the bigger the problems, the bigger the opportunities. And right now with everything that's going on in the world, there are bigger problems today than there've ever been probably in our lifetime. 
And so those represent opportunities. And so the questions, the two questions you want to ask yourself right now, no matter what business you're in, is what problem do you solve or what problem can you solve and who is your audience? If you can answer those two questions, you can really take, you could really be in a position to really help a lot of people and in helping a lot of people, you'll solve a lot of problems and that's where the biggest opportunities are for growth. Great. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan, for your time today. And thank you. I hope that uh, you will, my audience will head over to um, the Relationship Rules, Relationships Rule podcast, uh, either on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or any of those channels uh, where we, uh, because we're on most of them and subscribe, leave a review, tell Jordan how much you appreciated what he had to say. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.